Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And uh, he's back to the hello, everybody. So that's yeah, great. We're back into our routine. I like it. Structure it's is great, everybody. You know, I'd like to change. Yes. <laughs> You're like, it's in the works. I'm working on it. It's in the works. So... I'm still waiting on someone to comment. Yes. On a different thing that I can say. <laughs> so drop that line in the comments. Um, that was very cliche to say. So today is current events Monday. And of course, that means we're talking about current events from a biblical perspective, which um, hence the ties, because we're better versions of newscast people. Yes. There. There it is. <laughs> Um, both hiding behind our mics. Yes, both of us had our ties hidden behind. But there we go. <laughs> now you can see. So yeah, <laughs> off to one side, off to the other, just swaying back and forth the whole time. Yeah. So today is all about economic collapse. Party emoji. So fun. Yeah. Ain't it great when we love stealing? Crumble. Yeah. Not us, but our society <laughs> certainly does. <laughs> we love stealing specifically your time so we'll be doing that for the next half hour um <laughs> so yeah, on some coffee in. over here <laughs> don't do that um so yes economic collapse is oh so fun and uh we're gonna be talking about that and a couple of other things today from a biblical perspective and then i've been of course tasked with a theological wrap-up so as this time, as always, this time, I think I've done it. Jake, I think you'll be very happy with this wrap up because I, I think it's finally here. I've done the thing. And not so coincidentally, providentially, it lines up with our chapter that we're reading this week and Angels in the Architecture. It just lines up perfectly. So we're going to be talking about that as well. So that'll be cool. Get a sneak peek into Wednesday's episode. Oh, so you're going but, to be mentioning uh, some stuff from the book. So, yes. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit of stuff. I have a quote that I'm pulling in from this week's chapter. So, yeah, leading into our Monday episode a bit. But um, we have a show website, trdshow.net. Check us out there. Um, you can send us a message through our website. If you want to reach out to us, if you want to find us on Facebook, Gab, Instagram, uh, and Getter, you can follow us on all of those places by going to our show website, trdshow.net. You can also send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. And we've gotten so many of those emails from you already. We really appreciate all of that. So before we get into our current events today, we have to talk about our show of the week. And that's not what it's called at all. It's actually called the verse of the week. I'm a bit tired. And all I have right now is tea. So that's, yeah, not... Oh no! To and it's it's uncaffeinated, which no, that's the whole point. Yeah, caffeine is the whole point. (laughs) It's the whole point, and they killed it. So that's what I have. Drink tea because it tastes good. Actually, some tea tastes good. Some tea does. Tea, yes, this does, but not typically. You drink it for the caffeine. (laughs) Yes, tidbit, tidbit of a fun fact: tea has more caffeine than coffee does. Wow, I was just about to call tea a poor man's coffee, but maybe I should rescind that. 
It actually, but I was reading a different article that was saying that it just, it affects you differently. Um, and then someone that I was talking to, well, someone, someone that I was talking to said that they seem, whenever they drink coffee, they get super hyper, hyper for a certain amount of period. And then, then it just all shuts down. But they said tea is like, they'll, it's like energy for like a sustained amount of time but it's not like hyper energy it's just like wow. sustained energy well so, that's cool neat sounds like but of course it affects positive. every single person differently but, differently yeah yeah so our verse this week is proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 through 10 it's our passage and we've done this once before on the show but i thought this was extremely timely given what we're going to talk about today and it needed to be said so Let's read this passage. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And again, that's Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. So there's obviously several aspects to this verse. One of the big ones is this all through the Bible, we're told to either seek the kingdom of God first or give God the best of our labor, the best of our time, the best of our money, the best of our efforts, everything that we do, we do it as unto the Lord, right? And first fruits of your produce means a lot of different things. We're not in a, an agrarian culture today. So we aren't people who are uh, typically planting things and we have first fruits that are ripe and delicious to offer as sacrifices to God. So we offer other things like our time, like we make sacrifices of our time, of our money to do the things that God tells us to do. For instance, let's say, I don't know, the Bible was to randomly tell you that uh, the debtor is the slave to the lender and you do everything you possibly can to follow that logic and remain out of debt. Will you have to make sacrifices? Yes. As someone who owns a used car, who just had it break, broke, break down, and who now has to get an entire engine replaced, trust me, yeah, you make sacrifices, and sometimes you have to pay extra sometimes for things like that. But you know what? I own my car, so... <laughs> right. That's an obscure example, but it came to mind because you make those kinds of sacrifices. I can't tell you the amount of pressure I've had from so many people over the past couple of weeks hearing about my car story. And they're like, oh, you should buy it new. You wouldn't have this problem if you bought it new. Oh, just going to debt for a couple of years, maybe 15, 20 years if you bought it new. It's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that because the uh, borrower is slave to the lender. And if Christ has set you free... Be free. Don't go and be a slave to someone else. So it's one example. But in our modern society, it's so hard to stay out of debt. It takes sacrifice. Government schools are another great example of this. We don't send our Christian children to the wolves. We don't send them to be indoctrinated by the wicked. That is going against scripture. We don't do that. Now more than ever, you need to take a hard stand on that. Does that mean it will make life easier? Nope. Life is going to get a lot harder. So many more sacrifices. So much more money will have to go into that from you. But the results are worth it. So that is bringing the first fruits of your produce to God. That's taking 
sacrifices, taking a hit financially for what God has commanded you to do, and he will bless you for that. Now, one other thing too, and that's a massive part of this, is your tithe. This pertains very dramatically, very directly to your tithe. That is very important. That's what I'm going to spend most of my theological wrap-up talking about, because the tithe is so important to what the church is capable of doing in society, but also what God is capable of doing through the church um, for you and your family, for other families, for the society that you live in. All of that are side benefits attached to the command to give your tithe. So, <laughs> so purely side benefits. The part that we need to focus on is God's commanded us to give our tithe. And so we need to make sure we do that. Um, so, Jake, let's let's get into our current events a little bit. Let's... I wanted to touch on. Well, I guess I guess I'll leave it for Wednesday. I I will leave this for Wednesday. I, okay. I will I will I will hold back from saying anything, even though I could, because I love I love the second part of this verse. I I know it's very interesting and a lot that you could cover with that. Yes, and I think it's something so that I kind of left it open, open ended. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I think this is something that Bruce and I have talked about tons of times on the show before, uh, but. I will leave it for Wednesday. So if you are at all confused as to what I'm thinking in my head, but not saying, uh, <laughs> stay tuned for Wednesday. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So two articles. Well, there's going to be more throughout the entire video, but first two articles that I want to go over. Um, the first one being, and I will only read the headline from this first one. Uh, the second one will be in the description, but this first one is the S E C has put Coinbase on notice for allegedly breaking securities law. Um, so when <laughs> I, I wrote this funny thing, cause I was just thinking of it when destroying the SVB doesn't work, you just sue them for alleged violations. <laughs> uh, as I was talking about last week, the SVB or the um, Silicon Valley bank went collapsed and kind of nefariously in a sense, but, you know, you can get out of, come it's out of it. It's certainly being used by opportunists yes. to their yeah. end. Never waste a good crisis, right? Yes. Yep. And, and so it's like, and I mentioned, I mentioned that this was hurting a lot of cryptocurrencies, but it was helping a specific <laughs> cryptocurrency, which is the CBDC. Um. But here is another cryptocurrency that even after that, even after the SVB was attacked, not attacked, I'm sorry, when the SVB fell, this coin, I don't know specifically if Coinbase was hurt, but um, I know a lot of cryptocurrencies were, but now they're coming after uh, Coinbase for alleged violations. Um, as these articles state, the SEC, Security and Exchange Commission, that's what SEC stands for. Thank um, you. Yes. Yeah. S, I, I, think I, I think I said it wrong. S-E-C. Did I say S-E-C instead of S-C-C? No, I think you said S-E-C. Okay. S-E-C. Okay. All right. Yeah, oh, the S-B-C. Cool. Yeah. S-B-C. <laughs> S-B-C <laughs> is attacking Coinbase. <laughs> <laughs> but what? We have no idea. <laughs> 
Maybe they have women pastors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the SEC, SEC. Oh my goodness! It, it sounds so much like I'm saying SCC. Whatever. <laughs> I'm saying S E C. Yeah. <laughs> but they are suing the biggest cryptocurrency, like one of the biggest cryptocurrencies, which is Coinbase. And this all seems legitimate, but when you take into account this is only two weeks after, uh, one to two weeks after the SVB collapsed, causing a good portion... huge coincidence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Causing a good portion of cryptocurrencies to quiver, right, because of all these, like, problems that they're having, you start to wonder, is this all for a bigger reason? Um, Again, as I said last week... I think the overall agenda is to get rid of other, all other cryptocurrencies so that their federally funded cryptocurrency, the S, the sorry, the CBDC can thrive. And the CBDC is also, as I mentioned last week, hopefully you did your own research last week and found out that the SBDC is connected with the World Economic Forum. If not, again, if you're still wondering about that, still, you can send us those emails and we still can find that information for you. Um, but um, it's a little, a little weird, so I thought I would give an update on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this all, it all fits into a overall theme, but stay tuned to the end to figure that out when I bring it all together. Um, I'm starting to think instead of Irish caps... We might both have to start wearing tinfoil. Tin, tinfoil, yes. Yes. Send us tinfoil caps. Because I don't want to make one. That would look weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really that much of a do-it-yourself kind of guy, so if you all could make your own tinfoil hats <laughs> and send it to us, that would be awesome. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but two other articles. Um, the first one... And actually, again, I'll only read one of them, but the other one is going to be in the description. But this one is, drug shortages are rising and pose a national security risk, new report warns. And again, it's a slightly unrelated news. However, bear with me. I want to tie it all together. We have drug shortages. And no, I'm not talking about the illegal kind or the bad kind. I am talking about medical drugs and are now in short supply. I'm talking about the ones that are used for medicine and the ones that are used to help people. Um, these are and also like these the are, like the COVID shot, like that one. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not that one. I I don't think <laughs> that one was listed. Uh, but Darn. and. That's the, the one ones... we really wish was in short supply. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From them not producing it. <laughs> not from people yeah. using it too much. Ah, yeah, that would be bad. Mm. Uh, but the ones that are in short supply are kind of important ones. Uh, the article states all of the ones that are, but it, it it's saying that over 300 different kinds of drugs are now in, are in short supply. So... 300 different kinds of medical drugs are now in short supply. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, the, it, the article specifically calls them critical medications. Hmm. So, you know, this is 
some scary stuff with all that. That's 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 quite quite big uh, big news there. Um, but it all links back to the S E sorry the E S G agenda. Uh, e S G stands for Environmental Social Governance. Uh, which from those words alone, you know it's bad. You know it is bad. Um, yep. In our current day and age, if someone says these these words, you know that they are one of the crazies. Um, but basically, the ESG agenda is... It's just, again, it's part of the World Economic Forum. It's a part of all these things. It's It's not good. Let me just tell you, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully that can give you some context going into my next article. And this one, this one is some good news. Um, this article, my last article I'm going to be going over is, uh, Ron DeSantis, 18 states to push back against Biden ESG agenda. So here is some good news, really good news. I thought I would keep. I I thought I would, in keeping with our post mill post mill beliefs, would leave you with some good news. Uh, after all this bad news, doom and gloom, uh, well. Jake. Doom and gloom. Yeah. Well, no, not doom and gloom. Because I'm leaving you with good news. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not this one. <laughs> not this one. Um, there are now 19 or so states in this alliance pushing back against the ESG and those states are Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Uh, but added on to this list is also Florida. And there were some rumors and talks um I don't think it was specifically mentioned in the article, uh, but I know some people were talking about Texas also joining. So it could be around 20 different states. So it's, wow. it's a good amount, you know, yeah. of 50 it's states. Inconsequential. It's a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. So it, at least we now have some backing going up against the ESG. But combining all this together... I would say, and, and, and some people were making some other arguments, which I thought were very decent. Um, I heard from our researcher, our head researcher, um, and, I, and they were talking about how another person was talking about, getting all down the line telephone here, um, <laughs> but, um, but someone was saying that it seems like what they're trying to do or, or the 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 left agenda and more more than just the left agenda more more of the the demonic agenda in a sense is trying to cut off all of the exit strategies trying to keep people going in the line of communism socialism you know demonic agenda stuff yeah you know so and you know it really does make sense. My, sort of my conclusion to this, though, is more of a collapse of the nation. Uh, and I, and the reason I say this is because this is what happened with Russia. 
in order for Russia to go into a more communistic system, uh, they needed the nation to collapse, to say, oh, the free market system, this other system that's trying to go through didn't work, our nation collapsed, so let's try this, and, and very pragmatically went in a different way. Um, same thing here. I think that they're trying to make the nation collapse, make the nation crumble, so that they can then build whatever they want from the ashes. Yeah. They can then say, oh, that didn't work. All right, let's try this. This might work. Even though it's been tried before and it doesn't. Yep. And again, we're not going by pragmatism. We're not going by right. this pragmatically. We don't have this to do not, that. Yeah. So, with all that, now on to Bruce. Well, hope for, first of all, hopefully that was a good enough explanation and people can now see how this all fits together. I think the whole things with drugs and short supply affect our nation. And, and I would say that they, it certainly affects our nation. That's not the, that's not what I was going for. Uh, (laughs) What I'm going for is to say that I think it's kind of what they're trying to do. It's all what they're trying to do. All this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring our nation to a collapse, to a drop. They, they want to all burn it to rubble. So yeah. that they can do with what they want. But this is hopeful because now we have people fighting out against this, fighting back against this, and we need to join hands with the people fighting against this. Um, but more so, we need to be creating a strong church so that if it does collapse, instead of them being able to build what they want from the ashes, we can build what we want from the ashes or what God wants us to build from the ashes. It is a great point to bring in what we're trying to do. Um, So with all that said, now on to Bruce with our regularly scheduled theological (laughs) wrap-up. Thanks, Jake. (laughs) Back to me in the studio. Um, So for for my theological... Yeah, so back to me in Studio A, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, for my theological wrap up today, I'd like to talk about the church and I know this might seem a little disconnected. Okay. But, but hear me out. It's actually, I believe very much connected. Um, and part of this that I want to specifically hone in on is our relationship to the church in our modern society, which again, I know. You're talking about economic and socioeconomic collapse and missing drug or, you know, short drug shortages and all this stuff. Like, how, why are we talking about the church? Okay, what this is not connected. Give me a politician to vote for. Yeah, well, that's moronic. So we're not doing that. Um, commenting on Uh-oh. our... You just called <laughs> half or, or more, more than half of the Republican <laughs> Party moronic. Mm. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Canceled. I'm Canceled. very much content doing that. <laughs> Because actually, they don't cancel people. We wish they kind of did, but they don't. (laughs) They need to start. Yeah. So commenting on our current relationship to the church in our modernity ridden society, Douglas Jones in chapter seven, which is the chapter we read this week, chapter seven in Angels in the Architecture writes, we are far more comfortable removing our hat and lowering our eyes for the state than for the church, even though the full majesty and fire of the triune God has determined to bring blessing 
and cursing through the institution of the church, we treat the church with the same uh, deference we give a community bullet board, bulletin board, a little info, a little humor, a little opportunity, end quote. The full majesty of the triune God, the full majesty and fire of the triune God has determined to bring blessing and cursing through the institution of the church. I mean, that's, that's not a thought that crosses our minds very often today. I mean, do, do we really ever think about that? Is that something we spend a lot of time con contemplating? Because I think if we did, we would address the church very differently. And our relation to relationship to our churches would look very differently. For several different reasons, we've pushed the church into a tiny corner, a little tiny corner of our lives, which we'll visit maybe once a week for an hour or two. We'll move around the country for a job opportunity, but not for a good church. The Bride of Christ, unfortunately, has pretty much taken a back seat in most of our lives. Part of this can be attributed to the watering down of our churches, which we've spoken to so much on our show. That's kind of like, I swear, that's one of our running themes now, because we identify that as one of the biggest problems in our culture today is the watering down of our churches and the societal pressures we've unfortunately caved to as a church, especially the grave error of making our churches and their leaders more effeminate. Uh, we've turned the position and role of the pulpit into something a woman actually can do better than a man because we've, we've changed what the pulpit is. Then we hilariously try to hold to Paul's warning about not letting a woman teach in the church. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's completely and entirely nonsensical if you define the pulpit in the terms that we try to define it today. It's a nice position. It's a counseling position. It's just preaching the gospel. Women do that better than men. Men are told to be in the pulpit for a very different reason. It's not meant to be nice. It's not meant to be cushy. It's not meant to be a limited gospel message that doesn't offend anybody. It's aggressive. It's in your face. It's me. The gospel of what? Yeah. <laughs> the gospel of the kingdom. This is not for desensitized, um, washed people who are just kind of sitting there, just waiting and hoping, wait, wait, wishing on a prayer that Christ would come back sometime. <laughs> right. That's insanity. Otherwise, why not have a woman lead it? That works better for a gentler um, roles, gentler gender, a calming gender. That's not, that's not what it should be. be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the process, though, we've diluted the, what Sunday morning preaching looks like and what it actually means to preach the full counsel of God. The church no longer nourishes us or helps us provide uh, or helps to provide us with marching orders for the rest of the week, as Doug Wilson is fond of saying. We go to the Internet to learn how to live every day for Christ, because unfortunately, our churches no longer teach us how. So we have to go to the inter the internet like a bunch of lemmings. For all those reasons and so many others, we've largely abandoned the church universal. We barely tithe our money, time, or services because we don't see the importance. And if they do one little thing we don't like, we shrug and walk out the door like nothing ever happened, never to return again. 
We have no loyalty to the church today. This is not only dangerous for us as Christians, it's what's causing our entire society to crumble around us. Um, there's a great book called Tithing and Dominion, written by R.J. Rushdoony and Edward Powell. Highly recommend it. This is a quick excerpt from pages 55 and 56. This is why the failure of man to pay all of God's taxes is so destructive. When he fails to pay any one tax, he is claiming that God has no authority whatsoever in that, part, uh, in that particular area of life and thought. Failure, for example, of man to pay God's tax on time, the Sabbath, or pay the rejoicing tithe, is the claim by man that God has no claim of ownership on his time other than what he is willing to render to God. It is a denial, in principle, that God owns all of man's time. This is why the failure to pay God's taxes is so destructive to man and society. When man denies God in principle, any particular area of life, God curses man in that area of life. Man simply cannot cheat God a little, end quote. So what that means is the end of that is really important. You can't just uh, skimp a little bit here or there on the tithe. You're skimping on all of it. It's all or nothing. We need to take the tithe and our duty to the church and our tithe of worship, of money, of time, very importantly. Um, uh, yeah, take it, I mean, yeah, it needs to be an important thing that we take seriously. Tithing the best of everything you have is not just a nice thing that God asks us to do. It is a good and wise law we're commanded to uphold. Uh, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Keep in mind also that the God we worship is an infinitely discerning God. Even his word is living and powerful and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, that's Hebrews 4.12. We might look to all the world as if we're tithing everything we can, money, services, time, etc. But God knows the heart. Let the one who is taught, taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Galatians 6.6-7. 6, 6 and then finally, I'll leave you with this. Jacob left you on a nice note, so I'll leave you on a partially, sort of, almost nice note. America is rotting from the inside out. That's not nice. How's that to kick things off? Because <laughs> Christians no longer seek first the kingdom of God. Our nation is rotting and is rotten to the core. Because Christians no longer seek first the kingdom of God. The really sad thing is that most of our concerns are Literally, what Christ said, stop worrying about. <laughs> yeah. Literally, our main concerns are what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. To have a financially stable society, Christians first have to be willing to give their wealth and the best of their things to God and his kingdom. And until we do that, until we learn that lesson, until we follow Christ's teachings on that, we're going to keep rotting. There's going to be nothing left. It's going to be a corpse of what it used to be. So my point in saying all of this is exactly the opposite of what I jokingly started to say at the beginning. We're not voting our way out of this. There is no 
waiting for a politician political or savior. political uh, savior. Exactly. There is no political savior. That's not an option here. The only option is to turn to Christ and all of Christ. It's not a limited salvation message. It's what does your salvation do? We're not yeah. saved by good works, but what are we saved to? If we don't understand and if we don't beg our pastors to do their research, do their job, then this country is going to continue to fail. If your pastor is not preaching all of Christ for all of life, if your pastor is not giving you marching orders to follow throughout the rest of the week to begin to redeem this culture for Christ, if your pastor does not lead your worship towards renewing society and teaching you how to live like a Christian, then it's time to move and find another church. If collectively across America, every Christian did that, things would dramatically change. And you can't just be like, well, they're not doing that yet, so I won't either. No, it starts with you. It, that's what literally everyone's saying right now. Well, not everyone else is doing it. The guy next to you is saying, man, I wish the guy next to me did something. <laughs> So be the guy who does something so that he can follow you. <laughs> be the guy who moves. Be the guy who finds a church. Be the guy who reforms your church. Be the man who leads your family. Be the man who transforms your town, your country, your county, your church. Let's get to work. Anything you want to add, Jake? Uh, I, I do. I, I really like this, this statement that we are, we're not concerned about what we are. We're too much concerned about what we will eat drink or wear we're we're completely concerned about that when we're not concerned yeah. about what that verse actually says yeah the verse is saying uh seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added unto you all these things being what you shall eat what you shall drink what you shall wear yep your financial stability is based on uh, following God and yep. moving forward in the kingdom exactly. that will all come later when you actually do it. And that's the, the good, the cool thing about this verse as well. This verse of the verse of the week, Proverbs three, nine through 10 is saying that when you honor God with your wealth, he then will give you more. Yep. It, it, it seems in a sense counterproductive to say, I'm going to throw away this wealth. And it's not throwing away, I, not to make that summation, but right, right. Saying, giving this wealth away, getting rid of it, not getting rid of it. I should stop saying this. <laughs> no, it, no, I, but, I agree with you. Um, from a, from pushing it over there. It seems like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pushing it over there in order to, and, and then you shall get more by doing yeah. that. It, the it first will be last. Counterproductive. The last will we be have first. To have, yeah. But we have to have that thought process that yes we 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 shouldn't be afraid of what we should yeah well and that's that's humble yourself in the sight of the lord and what you'll lift yourself back up on your feet nope humble yourself in the sight of the lord and he will lift you up mm -hmm. which looks differently than you might expect it to yeah 
Awesome. Thank you, Jake, for that summation. Thank you, everyone, so much for watching or listening to us today. TRDshow.net is our show website. Send us an email. TRDshow at protonmail.com. Looking forward to having you join us on Wednesday and Wednesday. We are going to be uh, sharing some news with you. Some very, very exciting news. We're going to be playing oh, a clip. This was this episode. No. Not this episode. It's be Wednesday. I didn't have time to get Really it. fun. Yes. That's and so be a if, good one. What? Yes. So if you're a podcast <laughs> listener, if you're a podcast listener and you usually just listen, Wednesday's the day to go to Rumble and watch our Wednesday episode. So... Yep. We'll see you on Wednesday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>